just try to spread the word out there about investing in foreclosures. My specialty is fix and flip. Uh, what I love about the panel that Gabrielle's been putting together is we're getting a wide variety of different investment types in here. Um, if you had, had the pleasure of joining us last week, we had Hugo Pera on. I don't know if he's joining us today, but I hope so. But just schooled the whole room about owner carry deals um, and just got really expanded my thinking. So super excited to be part of this and uh, learn together and uh, get you guys an idea of whether you're just getting started in the real estate game or you're a seasoned veteran. I'm want to make this one of the most powerful deal rooms available on clubhouse which is a very rapidly growing platform so without further ado let's talk about a deal um and i gotta say uh miss gabrielle who's my uh my acquisition specialist she's on my team and brings in a lot of our deals um, i'm gonna do one deal that she didn't bring in just to get excited she's got some room to uh tell us hopefully about a deal that she brought in but we picked up a property on market just last week, now here's a story. It was Friday evening. Um, myself and my retail sales manager uh, with Berkshire Hathaway were sitting in the office, uh, you know, doing our, our, our weekly celebratory drink in the office. And then uh, this thing pops up on the market: a retail property with 3,000, just shy of 3,000 square feet, in a southwest neighborhood in Colorado Springs, Colorado, very close to our local military installation. And it pops up at 270. I'm gonna pause the story right here because generally speaking depending on where you are in the country somebody is telling you or you're probably hearing that there are no deals on the market like that on market deals simply do not exist let me tell you nothing could be further from the truth but the reason that rumor is flying like wildfire right now is because the good deals are not being held to the market for days or weeks we're now talking hours Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. Your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I'm Jonathan Winston, the executive producer, and as Donnie likes to remind you guys, all around badass. And today we're doing things a little bit differently, so I wanted to hop on and give you a rundown of how the episode is going to play out. As you can probably ascertain from the title, today we're going to be listening to an excerpt of a deal analysis discussion Donnie held at a clubhouse meetup. If you're not familiar, Clubhouse is a super popular app where users can join and create audio discussion rooms and, you know, go over topics that are near and dear to their heart. Obviously, we're a real estate investment podcast, so we wanted to hop on and give you another dose of deal analysis and just talk a little bit more about the importance of buying properties under market to build wealth and build freedom through real estate. But enough with the introduction. Let's just go ahead and get into the episode. Um, you're going to hear from Donnie, the foreclosure deals coach, obviously, as he breaks down a deal he recently acquired on market. But you'll also hear from Gabrielle Simmons. Gabrielle is the acquisitions lead for Diamond Home Buyers, the acquisition branch of our real estate investment organization. And she also invited a number of special contributors to talk a little bit more about some deals they've recently acquired. This discussion was incredible, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear just a little bit of what we had going on yesterday. Now, if you're interested and want to hear more, 
Um, just make sure you follow Foreclosure Deals Coach Donnie Quorum and Gabrielle Simmons on Clubhouse to get more details on our next discussion. Um, but yeah, man, I'm tired of talking. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode. I'm really excited for you to hear it. And, you know, what we always tell you guys, don't buy a house, buy a deal, man. And we like, uh, we fought with them for so long getting this property. It was the longest um, process ever. And um, I guess we ended up picking it up kind of subject to and buying it without title insurance. And um, this was like the longest process ever. But I wasn't like on the front end handling all the documents. I was just, you know, hanging out with the seller, helping him out and everything. That's why I was like, I don't have like a cool story. Cause, well, what did the, <laughs> so what did the numbers look like for you guys then on, um, on that side, you know, you guys taking it over subject um, too. Um, well, it was a low rehab because usually with subject to, they're always preferably low rehab. Um, I sold it and it was like a $33,000 profit, uh, for the, that was just the wholesale fee and the rehab on it was probably only like 20,000 and turned it into a rental. That's fantastic. Yeah. And how long was the yeah. sub two for, what was the term? Um, I believe it was five years on it. It was one that closed like last January. And I actually just talked to this seller just yesterday. <laughs> like he still keeps in contact with me. Um, I'm not sure what the profit was. For, I'm not sure what the profit was for like the end buyer, but um, those were like the numbers for the assignment fee as well as like the rehab numbers on it. That sounds like a great deal though. And sub twos are magical. I actually just got one under contract today. Um, and all sub twos, I just, I absolutely love them. They make the end buyer happy. They make <laughs> the seller happy, you know, and they're pretty smooth to put together as well. I think right now for me, it's almost easier to get people to do subject twos than outright cash purchases. Um, especially now don't tell everybody that Gabrielle, then they're going <laughs> to they gonna, they gonna keep chasing them wholesale deals. <laughs> especially if you offer um post-occupancy that's been that has been like the magic right now people are loving the fact that i'm coming in and offering them 30 45 day post-occupancy where they can stay in the house after we close you know they get their cash um, we hold over some of it you know just to give them incentive like we're not going to give you all of your cash up front if you're going to continue to live in the house but um, yeah, it's, it's magical right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's good for us on the investor side. I mean, obviously, less money we got to move per deal ultimately increases our our yield spread. And people have to understand that this is real estate investment. So the more money you make on the less amount of money you put out, the better the return. So if the ROI is higher because you did a sub-two deal, I right? only got, let's say, we're doing the one you're referring to, is we're putting $50,000 down. Um I'm leveraging a property worth $300,000 for $50,000 down. Now, I certainly could have uh, gotten a hard money loan or a private lender and done that deal, but I got points, I got interest, I got all the stuff that goes into that. It just makes the return on investment much lower. But if I can spend 50 grand and make, let's say, 70 grand, that's a 40% return. And normally we can do that in a matter of months. It's just a much better return than you can get from funding the entire deal. So I'm a big sub two fan as well. Absolutely. Um, so 
I'll kind of get into things here. We'll get started. Uh, usually going to open it up with uh, Donnie, who was just speaking, the foreclosure deals coach. Um, he has an yeah, awesome yo. podcast. And uh, Donnie, go ahead and take it away. Let's, let's talk about a deal. Absolutely. Hey, first of all, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this thing has been growing really rapidly, and we're super excited to have everybody here. Um, as Gabrielle mentioned, I am the foreclosure deals coach. Please check out my podcast, the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. Would love to have you guys subscribe to that. We uh, we do a show every single week, and week, and listenership has been growing rapidly. Just trying to spread the word out there about investing in foreclosures. My specialty is fix and flip. Uh, but what I love about the panel that Gabrielle's been putting together is we're getting a wide variety of different investment types in here. Um, if you had, had the pleasure of joining us last week, we had Hugo Pera on. I don't know if he's joining us today, but I hope so. But just schooled the whole room about owner carry deals um, and just got really expanded my thinking. So super excited to be part of this and uh, learn together and uh, get you guys an idea for whether you're just getting started in the real estate game or you're a seasoned veteran. I'm want to make this one of the most powerful deal rooms available on clubhouse which is a very rapidly growing platform so without further ado let's talk about a deal um and i gotta say uh miss gabrielle who's my uh my acquisition specialist she's on my team and brings in a lot of our deals um, i'm gonna do one deal that she didn't bring in just to get excited she's got some room to uh tell us hopefully about a deal that she brought in but we picked up a property on market just last week, now here's a story. It was Friday evening. Um, myself and my retail sales manager uh, with Berkshire Hathaway were sitting in the office, uh, you know, doing our, our, our weekly celebratory drink in the office. And then uh, this thing pops up on the market: a retail property with 3,000, just shy of 3,000 square feet, in a southwest neighborhood in Colorado Springs, Colorado, very close to our local military installation. And it pops up at 270. I'm going to pause the story right here because generally speaking depending on where you are in the country somebody is telling you or you're probably hearing that there are no deals on the market like that on market deals simply do not exist let me tell you nothing could be further from the truth but the reason that rumor is flying like wildfire right now is because the good deals are not being held to the market for days or weeks we're now talking hours so this property is listed maybe friday at 3 30 p.m i'm at that location by friday at 4 30 p.m and we've got an offer in 10 grand over asking price by 5 30 p.m and that's what it's going to take if you're going to play on market stuff there are entire wholesaling companies we have a huge one here in Den denver colorado uh, where i'm located that's doing 60 70 deals a month some of it from their off-market marketing strategies and as much of it is coming from on-market properties just because they got a whole team of people scouring the market for deals so you know if you haven't gotten started in wholesaling yet you don't have the marketing systems out there just yet. The opportunity to buy houses below market is right there on the market with everybody else. You just have to understand it's a game of speed. It is not a, you can't wait around. When that property pops in the market, you got to be there and be prepared to write an offer, have your funding in place, or whatever your plan is to execute on that contract. All that's got to happen before, and you got to get there quickly. Getting back to the deal, it's a four-bedroom, two-bath, one-car garage property, okay? Real quick, I mentioned that it was nearly 3,000 square feet. 
coming from the perspective, in addition to being a real estate agent, which I was for 15 years, um, an investor for about the same time, 15 years, I'm also a registered appraiser. Uh, meaning I did the appraisal license. Um, I just didn't complete the 2,000 mindless hours it took to complete that license, but I did pass the test. So I've got all the skill set of an appraiser, and I can tell you that the first thing we're going to look at is the square footage and the delta within. So if you're looking at a 3,000-square-foot home from appraisal math, you're allowed to go 10% in either direction on the square footage. So if it's 3,000 square feet, you basically have 2,700 on the low end to 3,300 on the high end as what comps or comparable sales that you should be using to do your valuation. Now, again, we start this with a deal analysis because if you don't know how to analyze a deal, as I'm, I'll, everybody on our panel obviously has a ton of experience with that because they've done lots of deals. But if you're at the early phases of your wholesaling career, deal analysis is what you should be working on right now. Not your marketing systems, God forbid, not getting a property under contract and trying to figure that out. Because if you don't know what a deal looks like, it's like you're hunting rhinoceros and you end up showing up with a kitty cat or something. Okay, you got to know what the target is. So. Deal analysis teaches here that if you know the spread on what the property is going to sell for, you're in a much better position to sell it to your end buyer, your cash buyer that you're out there looking to buy, the investor that's going to flip it, or the wholesale market, which is booming right now, which is people who are buying properties slightly below market and doing the work themselves. So segueing back in, 2,700 to 3,300 square feet and if we, if we had a screen up, I would show you what I'm looking at right now. But as I look at properties that have sold in the last year that had 2,700 to 3,300 square feet that are roughly one mile radius from the subject property, I'm seeing comps that range from about 340 on up to 375. Okay, there, there are eight comps, and all over in that square footage range. This square footage is a little bit high for the neighborhood. So this is a bigger house, generally speaking, than what this neighborhood has. Okay, so we got to look at that though, because price per square foot is the number that you're trying to base off of to get started. Now, I got the property. They were listed at 270. We went 10 grand over. I'm sure I'm speaking for most people in most markets across the country right now. Going over asking on on-market deals is not uncommon. The question is, why are agents listing these properties so low? Well, this particular agent, we don't want to beat up real estate agents on this channel. I'm sure we've got some here in the audience. This particular agent was very new. This was the second listing she had done ever. Okay, so when she priced it at 270, she thought, well, you know, it needs a little bit of work, but she is running off of what she believes to be a $300,000 value. Guys, much like the stock market, every now and then the market undervalues a property, agent inexperience, overestimating the repairs, having some kind of title issue, motivation on part of the seller. We don't know exactly why they're underpricing the house, and it doesn't really matter. If you can do an effective deal analysis quickly, you're going to figure out that every now and then the market kind of slips up, and those are your opportunities to sneak in there and get that. So with comps between 340 and 375 with the same or very similar 
bedroom and bathroom count. Note that it doesn't have to be exact. This is a four-bedroom house. We could definitely use comps as low as three bedrooms. We could use comps on up to five bedrooms because there's not that much of a gap in value between that bedroom range. If you drop down to two bedrooms, that could have a big deal because a lot of families need more than that, more than two bedrooms. But when you start heading up to the upper four bedrooms and whatnot, you don't have a huge change of the valuation is unless you enter the upper end price bracket in your area. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. One of the things we talk about on the show is the importance of great foreclosure data and helping you to find a great deal on a foreclosure property. But where do you find this data? You're certainly not going to find it on Realtor.com. You can't get it on your local MLS. So we have partnered with data provider Foreclosures.com to get you the latest and greatest in foreclosure listings right there in your local market. These properties are not hit the market in most cases, and when they have been foreclosed, gives you easy access to find out more detail so you can get the best deal on a foreclosure property. Getting started is super easy. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com and click on the link labeled foreclosure list. Enter your zip code for a free seven-day trial of the best foreclosure listing data available in your local market. These properties are not even on the market yet, so you can get a jump on them and get a great deal. Once again, this is Donnie Corm, your foreclosure deals coach. We'll look forward to seeing you there. So that being said, with the comps at 340 to 375, I firmly believe that this property is going to retail out for about 350. And that's underestimating a little bit, but you want to be conservative. U.S. wholesalers, if you're going to not actually do the deal but make your money on assigning the contract, if you're coming to me as a cash buyer, you had better have done your homework. Okay, Gabrielle brings me a whole bunch of deals, a lot especially lately, right? And the first question I have is, well, what's the what's the retail value on this? She understands the valuation model of our local market. She's got a lot of experience with that. So she says, here's the comps. Here's what I think it's going to sell for. This is the after-repaired value, or we shorten that to ARV. Okay, If I'm buying the property, even though it's listed at 270 obviously I would have loved to have gotten it for 270 The market dictates that I had to overpay based on that price. But again, I didn't overpay. We believe the property's worth 350 So if I'm getting it for 280 the only question now is what is it going to cost me to fix it? Well, you guys haven't seen the property. I have seen the property and experience, 15 years of experience of doing over 200 flips tells me that today the rehab costs on this going to wander about $20,000, dollars which is par for the course, okay? I can tell you that's very difficult at any square footage to get a rehab done for much below fifteen grand, right? And if you're getting into the $40,000, $60,000 rehabs, you better make sure that your cash buyer, the end user investor, has a great deal of experience. I tell all of my coaching clients who are doing their first flip, we're generally looking for a flip that's going to be 20 to 25 grand and not much more than that. You got to watch your complication level when you're getting started. Now, if you got a veteran who's been playing this game for years, does a lot of work themselves or is a GC or whatever, they can handle their own numbers. But in this case, I believe we got a $25,000 rehab. So if we got purchase price at 280, Rehab of twenty five. Our total investment is three hundred five thousand dollars, and the back end ARV being super conservative in this very hot market here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, is that we'll be back ending this property at three fifty. Okay, that's a forty five. Go ahead. And that's not even accounting for the fact that 
guys, literally majority of the houses that hit the market in Colorado Springs right now are going for twenty, thirty thousand dollars over asking price. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but again, you don't want to do that when you're wholesaling. Okay. You, even though the market's going nuts right now, be conservative. And let me tell you why. Don't be too conservative. Okay. You get a number that you believe is an accurate reflection of value. But the wholesaling market is taking off so fast that you do not want to build a bad reputation in your local market. Right. Don't ruin your market where you're at. Be conservative. Go to the investors and say, I believe we're going to get 350 and I'm super solid on that. But to Gabrielle's point, as you know, Mr. Cash Investor, the market's trending upwards. So there's a shot that I'm off by $15,000, $20,000. I would much rather hear that from my wholesale seller than this over-the-top number that, that it becomes impossible to reach the market correct okay you, you got to remember this business is relationships right it, 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 and it's going to always be relationships okay your relationship with your private lenders your relationship with your wholesalers your relationships with your contractors if you sour that with your cash buyer because you're overshooting you may find yourself in a spot i, I have i have wholesalers now that i get an email from i don't even open it anymore you know, they, they ruin that opportunity because they keep sending me wood, as I referred to it, just crappy deals. You know, now the, the value of deals look largely in the eye of the beholder, but the more conservative that you are, the better results you're going to get. Okay. Yeah. So I have, I have a question for you, Donnie. Go ahead. Um, you said this property was on the market. So I'm guessing we don't know the backstory. We don't know the motivation by the seller to sell this property, do we? We do not, and that's a valid point. One of the things that wholesalers are figuring out is why they're selling. You don't get that story with an on-market property, right? Because you're not talking directly to the uh, to the seller. And furthermore, if the agent is following fiduciary responsibility, they should not tell you what the motivation is. Now, note I said should not. What you're going to find a lot of agents, like somebody who's done two listings in their life, will reveal more information than they need to. In this case, it's a divorce situation. It's not like she violated any rules by telling me, but now that I know the motivation, it makes it easier to leverage the deal. Because once you understand why a seller is selling, especially a seller that's selling cheaply, when you understand their motivation, you're in a much better position to negotiate a lower rate on that house. Right, and that, that was my reason for asking. Um, as you know, me hunting deals all day every day the main thing i'm looking for is why um and even recently i've had a lot of people who i talk with who i'm just asking them straight up you know why would you prefer to sell to me going directly to an investor and, and understanding that you could potentially make a lower profit than putting it on the market um but I, you know, I'm in that position as a wholesaler, and I'm right. unlicensed, so I can do that. I can ask them. Um, well, I guess you can you can ask that as well if you're a seller's agent. Um, but I can also communicate that to the to you, Donnie, as the buyer or right. other buyers. And I think that's true. That I think understanding their motivation is important. Remember, we're in the business of helping people. Okay, people, uh, wholesalers, investors, we all have this bad name. We have one of our ads on Facebook. Somebody had posted on the ad, watch out, these people are just trying to steal your equity. Listen, nothing can be further from the truth. We're here to solve a problem. Okay, Every one of our distressed sellers has a reason why they're selling to us. Our job is to find out what that reason is. 
right? right? Why are you selling cheap? What's going on? Well, I got to close by next week because I'm in foreclosure. I need. I had actually had one who needed the money. This is very sad, but needed the money for a heart surgery for a, a relative. You know, goodness. Uh, and I mean, you, you find all sorts of situations. And honestly, I did great on that house, but more importantly. I felt like we were helping some, I literally a life and death situation, you know, right. It's like the the ability to sell the property, wholesalers, investors in general, we are solving problems that the retail real estate market simply cannot solve. Most of the time it's speed. Our biggest advantage is our ability to close relatively quickly, but speed gets screwed up. If your deal analysis takes too long, right? So you have to be sure that you can, analyze a deal and do what I just did with you guys to come up with this 350 conservative value inside of a matter of minutes at the pace the market's moving right now. True. You know? um, hey, Donnie, we have a, a question or comment here. Um, I'm bringing in Charles. Let's see. I don't know why there's always a delay when I try to do this. <laughs> okay, here we go, Charles. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I was just, um, I saw earlier, well, the the name of the room, I was going to uh, speak on the deal, but uh, no, no questions, no questions for me. Okay. Do you have a, a specific deal you want to talk about? Something that maybe was a little out of the ordinary or, or you know, yeah. people can really learn from? Yeah. So, um, so I actually am almost at the finish line of my first subject to deal. So I had a property I picked up in um, September 2020, and I assumed well, I assumed liability for the loan, and I uh, paid off the late taxes, property taxes, ins- lapse insurance, and late mortgage payments, and then gave the seller an amount of money after that. And um, so I just seasoned it for six months, and now I'm. Uh, closing on the refinance on the 12th. So I'm going from a 9.9 interest to a 3.37 interest rate. So that's awesome. Pretty, yeah, pretty excited about that. That's Mr. awesome. Congratulations. Director, what are you going to do with it? What was that? What's your exit strategy? Keeping it as a rental or what are you thinking? So uh, I, put a, I put a tenant in there. They moved in November. And so I'm doing a cash out refi. So uh, so I spent about thirty five thousand total, and I'll be getting and it appraised at about uh, ten thousand under what I needed it to be. So I'll be getting, I'm doing a cash out refi, so I'll be getting about twenty five back. So I'm in it for about ten. So I think I'm gonna uh, sit on it for a while and just wait for the, the appreciation. I love that. Yeah. Good for you, man. Congrats. Is that your first deal? Uh, so that's actually my second. Okay. Excellent. And what were you do? What were you doing prior to this? I mean, have you always been in real estate to some degree, or just is completely new? Uh, uh, so, so I'm I'm pretty new in it. So I got my first rental property in June, and then I got this one. I think about three months later. So I'm uh, so I'm an accountant, and I'm I'm looking to scale up this year. Uh, once my because now I'm building a personal home, but once my credit is freed up, I'm looking at uh trying to scale up pretty big, uh, either into commercial multifamily or, uh, or more smaller, like one to four units and still, uh, single families. Okay. Fantastic. Well, it's awesome that, uh, you know, your, your business, your 
normal job has nothing to do with real estate, but you got out here and you're starting to build a portfolio of rental property. And that's awesome. And it's a testament for how, you know, some people think that you have to be a real estate agent or you have to come from a family that knows this stuff and and you're a testament that that's not true. Well, I can't assume that you don't come from it, but yeah. Yeah. So my, my, I actually, my, uh, I actually come from like my papa and then my dad. So they both were into real estate. That's how I got into it. Then my brother, he's a wholesaler. He's two years older than me. So I've been around it, but I finally, you know, got into it like last year. But I'm definitely trying to trying to uh, get away from the accounting because I, I like it. But the real estate is like 10 times better to me. For sure. Do you have any um, plans on getting into flipping and maybe doing that whole time or full time or um, wholesaling? Um, so I, I've looked into it. Uh, I kind of thought that I would try to do like maybe a flip a year just to pay for my property taxes, uh, on the rental properties that I do own, but I haven't really, uh, I haven't everything that I buy. I'm really looking to hold on to it right now. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for jumping in and, and filling us in on your deal there. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, I'm going to open it up to Hugo. Hugo, if you have some time, would love to hear from you. We were just talking about you before you joined in about how much knowledge you dropped on us last week. And uh, yeah, if you have some time, let's hear a deal. Yeah. How's everyone doing? I actually am uh, driving back from Keystone, was up on the mountain. Um, but uh but yeah i mean um i actually closed on two subject subject two deals earlier today closing on one uh later today but um i mean i started flipping houses about seven years ago and then uh after two years of flipping houses i started seeing the wholesale side of things i tried it i was getting getting my own flips and stuff but I started seeing that it was a very saturated industry. It's very easy to wholesale. So I saw that too many people were doing it. There wasn't enough enough deals for me to say, hey, I'm doing, you know, three, five, ten deals a month. So I had to change things around. And that's when I started doing creative financing. Uh, I've been doing it now for about three years. I've uh, been, been buying about five to ten deals consistently every single month for the past seven months. Uh, this month, I got about 15 properties, and I'm uh, hopefully going to be closing on all of them. Everything looks good so far. But, yeah, I mean, uh, like I spoke about it last week, um, and I tell this to all the guys that I work with because I work with a group of ten guys that uh, – some are new to real estate. Some have been doing real estate for a while, but weren't getting enough deals. And this is what I tell everyone is that if you're just wholesaling or you're just flipping, you're missing out on a lot of deals. You're missing out on a lot of money. You're leaving a lot of money on the table. And the reason I say that is because when you're buying properties, either to wholesale or to cash, you have to, you have a certain buying criteria. You can't go above that or else you're not going to make any money. But what happens to those sellers that want to sell? What happens to those sellers that are motivated to sell, but you can't help them because you don't have the right knowledge or know the right things to do to help them. And that's when, you know, you can get creative and you can say, well, Hey, Mr. Seller, I can't buy this cash, but 
Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach. For the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing, become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.